Hi, this is Chris. And this is Elmi. And we know something about astrology. I'm a Sagittarius. Almy is a Scorpio. Mm -hmm. Today is Saturday, April 24th, and this is for the week of April 24th through the 30th. The planet Mars just changed signs. Yeah. It happened in the wee hours of Friday morning, and I am definitely feeling it. How mm -hmm. are you doing with this Mars changeover, Almy? Oh, um, I actually feel better. Good. Glad to hear it. Yeah. That makes one of us. Yeah, sorry. Didn't mean to like rub it in your face, but ever since that, what, Leo Moon came out? Um, or the moon being in Leo? Yes. Ever oh, yeah. since that happened, I've been feeling a little pep in my step. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When the moon was in Leo last week, Almy yeah. uh, definitely got a burst of energy, and uh, that helped her a lot. I kind of went the other way. I think part of it is that I have Mars in Sagittarius. So when Mars is in Gemini, as it had been for the past six weeks, um, my Mars was opposed. So, you know, Mars is the planet of our energy, our vitality, our desires, mm. uh, our focus, our drive, our determination, all that fun stuff. So I wasn't feeling any of those things really <laughs> for the last six weeks. Um, my energy was definitely down, feeling quite sluggish, especially like the last week or two. Um, even today, I'm just exhausted. I know that help is on the way, though, because Mars is no longer in Gemini. So I personally no longer have that opposition. And now it's more of a question for me, at least, of Mars just getting back up to speed. Uh, Mars is now in Cancer. Uh, at the recording of this podcast, I think it's still going to be at zero degrees cancer because it just got into cancer. So if you are feeling a little bit sluggish this weekend like me, that's totally normal for any kind of Mars changeover, mm. uh, especially when Mars was peaking last week when, when it was at the 29th degree of Gemini. Uh, you you might have felt, um, you know, just all last week or even the last six weeks, you might have just felt like you were really in your head a lot, like you were thinking a lot. That can be a Mars and Gemini influence. It's just a lot of mental energy, just a lot of thinking, a lot of being in your head without even necessarily realizing that you were in your head so much. Mm. And that now now that Mars is going into Cancer, we're exchanging this mental energy and, and this, this speed that Gemini brings to things. And we're exchanging that more for feeling now. Mm. I would say feeling and security, nourishment, that kind mm. of stuff. I associate those words with Cancer. Um, you know, Mars and Gemini wants to dazzle you with its intelligence and its wit. Mars and Cancer wants to know what the soup of the day is. <laughs> it's just a different approach. Um, you know, Cancer energy, I just always associate with grilled cheese sandwiches and tomato soup. It's just mashed potatoes, comfort food at its finest. So with this Mars changing from Gemini to Cancer, we're going to be getting out of our heads because Gemini always thinks the only way out of something is to think about it and to overthink about it. If I just keep thinking about it, I'll come up with the answer. And Mars and Cancer is saying, well, you know, there's also this thing called intuition. It's okay to feel things. It's okay to uh, be more in your body. You know, look, take care of your body. I always think of Cancer as really wanting to just nourish yourself and, and take care of yourself and slow down 
and uh, just to try to enjoy the comforts of life, you know. And also with Mars and Cancer, the other side of Cancer is that there can be a lot of worry. Uh, cancer energy can be a little worrisome. And um, it can feel a little insecure at times. You know, cancer is the crab. And they say that when the crab isn't feeling so hot, it goes back into its shell. So there might be some times here in the next six weeks when Mars is in cancer where we're just going to want a little bit of alone time. Mm. Uh, when Mars is in Gemini, it's more of kind of maybe wanting to be out in the world mm. and to be socializing with people and communicating and sharing ideas. Whereas Mars and cancer, there might be a little bit more of the tendency to want to retreat from time to time uh, when the vibe out in the world isn't really conducive for what you're going for. Mm, okay. I'm kind of feeling that this weekend where it's like, man, I'm, I'm having a little trouble getting in sync here. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like I just want to go to bed, not in a bad way, but I just want to like stay there and just eat ice cream and read books and listen to music and just disappear for a couple of days. Yeah, that sounds great. But uh, but yeah, you know, with Mars and Cancer here, it's going to be a lot more of, of uh, how does this make me feel as opposed to what do I think about this? And the overall energy should be slowing down. You know, mm. when, when Mars is, is in Gemini, that's very fast-moving energy. The planet Mars wants to go fast. The, the sign of Gemini wants to go fast. So you put those two together. You got real fast-paced energy. And now with Mars going into Cancer, again, Mars still wants to go fast, but Cancer wants to slow down and make banana bread. So they're kind of strange partners in that regard, Mars being in Cancer. But again, the focus is going to be more on family, your home. You know, do I feel happy where I live? Do I feel secure where I live? Or do I feel secure with this relationship? Um, that kind of stuff. Um, but anyway, hopefully in the coming days, and the coming weeks, with Mars changing from Gemini into Cancer... You'll be able to catch your breath a little bit if you feel like life has been moving a little too quickly for your tastes the last couple of weeks. Uh, a slowdown is definitely on its way. And I've just been observing this weekend just the way people are moving around. Just You just observe people walking mm -hmm. at the grocery store or driving, driving or whatever, yeah. walking on the sidewalk. And it does seem to be a little herky-jerky. It seems like some people are still wanting to go fast in that Mars Gemini. Yeah. And then other people are kind of already are in that Mars and Cancer mode where it's just like, oh, let's just slow down and smell the flowers, you know, whereas Mars and Gemini has places to be and things to do and, you know, get it done now and that kind of stuff. So it's interesting to observe that switch over as well. Um, but again, Mars leaving Gemini in general, I think is going to be good for someone like me who has Mars and Sagittarius. I think it's going to be good for Sagittarians in general. Um, Sagittarians, it's okay to be humorous again. Go out mm -hmm. there and crack jokes again. You are, um, I'm not saying you're going to be super popular, but you're going to be more popular than you were when Mars was in Gemini. Um, Mars being in Cancer is presumably going to be good for water signs, uh, especially if you are someone who has Mars in a water sign like Pisces, Cancer, the other one, Scorpio. Um, you might feel a little more revitalized over the next four to six weeks here. You might yeah. feel a burst of energy. Almio's saying she was already picking up on it as of last week. Uh, and then Earth signs, you know, while Mars is in Cancer, you might come off a bit brusque over the next six weeks. You might come off as a little too stern, you know, too rigid and, and whatnot. Because, again, we're dealing more with emotions now. Uh, Mars, while it is a planet of action, 
um, while it's in cancer, cancer is all about feelings, emotions, dreams, that kind of stuff. So um, Mars is going to be slowed down a bit. It might not be happy about it at all times. Uh, so there's a tendency, again, with cancer energy, there can be a little crankiness at times, too. We all might get a little cranky here and there. But um, I don't know. Overall, that's kind of uh, the big thing. I, I talked about it last week, Mars changing signs. I'm talking about it again. Um, but I always feel like whenever Mars is doing stuff, that definitely affects us overall. So um, anyway, this weekend is a very Venus-heavy weekend. The sun is in Taurus. Taurus is ruled by Venus. And the moon is now in Libra. And Libra, of course, is also ruled by Venus. And it's the Oscars this weekend. So probably a good weekend for the Oscars because, you know, the Oscars is about beautiful people and getting gussied up and and looking pretty and beautiful and and handsome and amazing. So it could be a good weekend for that. Um, Saturn is going to poke its head in a little bit on Saturday and Sunday. Saturn's going to form a square with Venus uh, Saturday night, and then early Sunday morning it's going to form a square with Mercury. And uh, so that might bring a little heaviness to the otherwise pleasant Venus vibe, but uh, those influences shouldn't last too particularly long. But um, anytime Saturn's involved, Saturn's that kind of heavy energy that's always reminding you that you're not doing enough or you should be doing more. You know, Saturn kind of likes to remind us that we suck, basically. Mm -hmm. So anytime Saturn's uh, doing something, it's like, but overall, I think Venus is going to win out this weekend. And I also noticed Mercury and Venus are forming a conjunction Sunday night around the time of the Oscars. Mm -hmm. So when I think of Mercury and Venus getting together, Mercury communication, Venus beauty, maybe someone will make an exceptionally beautiful speech Mm -hmm. at the Oscars this year. I'm just pointing it out there. Maybe we'll just have one of those speeches for the the best Oscar speech ever. Could happen on Sunday. That's my prediction. I don't know. Um, Anyway, speaking of the Oscars, I was kind of looking up famous people who have Mars and cancer, Mm. and um, I kept coming across these directors (laughs) that I I like. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson Mm. has Mars and cancer. David Fincher has Mars in Cancer. And my man, David Keith Lynch, David Lynch, also has Mars in Cancer. That's a pretty stacked list. Yeah, and as I was looking this stuff up, especially the David Fincher stuff, I saw that they're talking about maybe making another season of Mindhunter. Season 3 is gaining momentum, at least momentum in talking about it happening. I don't know how far along it's gone. I'll believe it when I see it. (laughs) We know Netflix doesn't really like to pay for stuff. I mean, if the show's not making money, and Fincher said that, right? He said, admittedly, it didn't have as big a viewing audience as Netflix wanted. And I think that's the reason why it didn't Mm. continue. And if they bring it back, I would be so happy. I'm just saying. I mean, look what they did to the Santa Clarita diet. I mean, they just, they don't like to let shows grow. Because they're expensive, I guess. I guess it's just cheaper for them to cancel shows than it is for them to stick with them. Um, So I'll believe it when I see it. There you go. Yeah. Um, and we haven't even gotten to the Ask a Scorpio segment of the show. Oh, sorry. But I won't talk Almy's until it's my turn. Scorpio perspective on, on Netflix shows. Yeah. And, uh, well, I don't know. I mean, I'm still hopeful that something will come to pass with uh, another season of Mindhunter. I mean, it's such a great show. It could. It yeah. could. I mean, a lot of people have faith that because David Fincher is such a big director and because of his relationship with Netflix, don't forget he gave them House of Cards mm. that they were really proud of up until someone else ruined that show. Um, but 
you know, I, I think a lot of people, though, put too much stock into Fincher wanting to do it because it's, it's not his decision. Like, at the end of the day, it's really not up to him. Like, it's up to the people who want to pay for it or not. Yeah. And I don't think that they were blown away by the return that they got on Mindhunter. The amazing thing about Mindhunter, I think it's a fantastic show. I highly recommend it. Especially if you're into true crime, it is basically about how the FBI started to create their whole department that studies crime and serial killers. This is the show talks about how they're the ones who created even the name serial killer, and they talk to various murderers and they track down people and all that. Um, but what I didn't realize is there is a huge amount of CGI in the show. Which you wouldn't realize unless you watched one of the behind-the-scenes things that I did, because the show is set primarily in the 70s now, right? or 80s. No, they're in the 80s now. Hmm. And so when they shoot, they shoot on location, but then they go back in and they digitally remove stuff, like if there are huge buildings that wouldn't be there. Um, hmm. They'll add in post. They will actually add vintage cars as opposed to like renting them, like if they need a lot of them. Um, little things like that that I never realized. There's actually a lot of special effects that go into the show, and I think it's just one of the many things that go into that show. I mean, of course, you got to pay for Fincher and the actors and the high quality of cinematography and the costuming and all that. I think it's just a very tricky show because it's very expensive, and it gives them a lot of like street cred. And Fincher's obviously great to have, but I just don't know if it's worth it to Netflix. I mean, Netflix is stingy. I'm just going to say it. They're a little stingy. So all I'm saying is even if Fincher's like, yeah, I'm ready, let's do it, I don't think that means it's going to happen. So I think all we can do, if you like Mindhunter, uh, I don't know, tweet at Netflix or something, tell your friends, maybe just play it on a loop on your TV um, just to wake up periodically to hit the button that says yes when it asks if you're still watching um, cause I don't know. I'm just saying be uh, optimistic, but just be realistic too. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you, Elmi. Yeah. And Elmi and I both are going to be pulling for Mindhunter at the Oscars on Sunday. Uh, Why would we be doing that? It's you never Oscars? know. It could win like a write-in ballot. I know it's a TV show and not a movie, <laughs> but you know, stranger things have happened. We are living in some peculiar times yeah. to say the least. So. Yeah. Wouldn't it be amazing if just the best picture went to Mindhunter season yeah, two for I mean, no reason? Right. I'd vote for it. But. Why not? Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, well, I guess, let's see. How should I do this? So every week on this show, I we do a segment called Ask a Scorpio. And as we talked about, Elmi is a Scorpio. And every week, I like to ask Elmi something to get her Scorpio perspective on life now Elmi yeah the opposing sign of Scorpio is Taurus and the question this week actually involves Taurus because I was thinking to myself while I was getting vaccinated today and waiting for those 15 minutes afterwards where they make sure you don't pass out or have some <laughs> sort of side effect right. and I was thinking to myself I wonder if the Oscars have ever happened in Taurus before because we are in Taurus and the Oscars usually are not held this late in the year. Right. So fortunately, uh, we do have internet access. I was able to look it up really quickly. Elmi, how many times over the years has the Oscars been held during Taurus? What, like in the whole history of the show? In the whole history of the show. How many times has that happened? Uh, not counting the one tomorrow. Uh, I don't know, like 10? 
One time. Oh, wow. Yeah, only one time. And it was the very first Oscars That's what I was going to say. My guess yeah. is maybe for the first 10 years they did it in a different time period. Yeah, they uh, they did it May 16th, 1929. Yeah. That was the very first Oscars. It was held at the Roosevelt Hotel in Hollywood. Yep. And the best Wings. picture winner. Yep, there you yeah, go. Yeah, nailed it. You're nailing it. Wings was the winner. And um, actually, the third, fourth, and fifth Oscars ceremonies were held during Scorpio, believe it or not. I knew it. I mean, I didn't know Scorpio, but I did think that there used to be a time when the Oscars weren't always in February. And yeah. I mean, obviously this year they're not because of the pandemic, but usually they're in February, right? Yeah, usually February, March, April. near Scorpio. Yeah. I mean, astrologically speaking, the Oscars are usually held either during Aries or during Pisces. Yes. It does vary from time to time, but it's usually going to be Pisces or Aries when they're held. Um, So this is only the second Taurus Oscars ceremony ever. I don't expect anyone to bring that up tomorrow, (laughs) but I'll be listening for it just in case anyone. I'm just so thrilled to be here at the Oscars when it's happening during Taurus. Um, I don't know who would talk like that. Maybe Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> yeah, maybe Mark Ruffalo will thank the uh, Taurus Oscars. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if I had a question. I guess my only other question, Elmi, <laughs> okay. as as we continue the Ask a Scorpio segment, uh, who you got? I mean, who do you like to win Best Picture tomorrow? Do you have any hunch as I, to who might take I it? I have no idea, and I honestly don't care. I don't know what happened because last year we had it go to Parasite, which shocked me because. I thought, like, wow, this movie is inventive, it's creative, it's daring, it's sexy, it's funny. It is everything that the Oscars usually doesn't give awards to. And they won Best Picture, and I was shocked and thrilled. And now I feel like this year it's just back to basics. I mean, not to be rude, but I don't really see any movies that are like, wow, this is really continuing the trend of awarding creativity in the way that we did with Parasite. Um, I don't know if Promising Young Woman is nominated for Best Picture. I think it, it should be. I it don't is. think it will win. Yeah. I think it's going to go to that movie with all like the famous serious actors in it that Aaron Sorkin wrote or directed or whatever hmm. that I didn't even watch. The Trial of the Seven People in Chicago who are very serious. I don't know what it's called. I'm sorry. I had no interest in watching that movie. Um, so I don't know. I really have no idea who's going to win. Maybe they'll give it to Minari. I admittedly did not watch that because it looked sad. And uh, I got to be real. I feel a lot of these movies are big bummers. And I just don't feel like watching bummer movies. Mm. I just yeah, it's, don't. It's a tough time for, you know? um, yeah, I mean, I find myself just in my free time right now, I kind of want to watch dumb comedies. Yeah. Just because I just, I just need a laugh. You yeah. Know? I mean, even Promising it, Young guess. Woman, which can be very serious and shocking, yeah. also gives you a lot of great humor. Yeah. It was just, a funny movie, and too. And I feel that is missing this year. I feel like yeah. they went back to just the traditional Oscar bait, and I, I don't know. I like truly don't even really know who's nominated. Um, I just know Minari's in the mix, and I feel bad that I didn't watch it, but I just didn't want to be bummed out. I'm just going to be honest. Yeah. I'm just really sick of being bummed out yeah. by serious movies. So, But, you know, uh, good luck to them. I like Stephen. Oh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Yoon? Yun? From Walking Dead? Yeah. Um, he was fantastic in that. He should He's win an Oscar actor. just for what they did to him in that show. Mm-hmm. Um, he was so good acting in The Walking Dead with all of those ridiculous plot lines towards the end there. So just give him an Oscar for that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'd be happy for him if yeah. he were to win. That'd be fantastic. Um, so anyway, to sum up, I guess our Oscar predictions are we don't know who's going to win. 
I think there's a chance Mindhunter season two might win <laughs> Best Picture by write-in ballot. I don't think anyone is going to mention that this is only the second Oscars to be held during Taurus. Right. And I also think someone might give an especially beautiful speech with Mercury and Venus forming a conjunction. Aside from that, we have no idea what's going to happen. It's just so different this year. Like last year, you had Parasite, but then you had Brad Pitt winning for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You had like all of these really quirky, interesting movies that actually got recognition, and you had so much star power last year, too, I've, I felt like. Mm. Um, That's I, always a factor when people like Brad Pitt and DiCaprio really, are nominated. Yeah, like when DiCaprio and Pitt are nominated, the whole vibe changes. Yeah. And I'm not saying that it's bad that they're not nominated, um, but it is a little harder, I think, for the viewing audience to be enthused about an Oscars that doesn't have like a lot of A-list mm. Um, stars just because it's like well why would I watch if I don't know anyone who's nominated um, so yeah rooting for Carrie Mulligan and Emerald Fennell the writer director of um, Promising Young Woman definitely rooting for that film but I honestly I literally don't even remember like any of the other movies or actors who are up this year so we're going in fresh like George Costanza's dad in Seinfeld, he liked to go into movies fresh, right? He didn't want to know anything ahead of time. We're oh, going I in pretty fresh this year. Yeah. yeah, we're going in pretty fresh. We've seen a couple maybe, but um, we're just along for the ride, and hopefully it's just a fun ceremony. I mean, so, I've seen a lot of movies. None of them were nominated for Oscars. Where's The Nest? Where's Best Actor Jude Law? <laughs> best Actress Carrie Coon? Are best you still, script, are you still the championing nest. The Nest? I love The Nest. So it did live up to the hype. That you, because I know that you've been wanting to watch it by for a long hype. Time. If you mean like me hearing about this movie and wanting to see it, I, yes, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. Sadly, there was no hype for the nest. Mm-hmm. Um, Just I mean, from you and your in your world. Oh, in you my were world, for it, it for lived sure. up to the hype. Yeah. But I like obscure movies that don't really have a plot that feel like they were made in the 1970s. So in that case, I highly recommend the nest. But. Yeah. I don't know. That's uh, that's my really long-winded take on film this year. So uh, thanks for listening. And uh, I guess we'll have to tune in now on Sunday, maybe. Oh, yeah. I'll be watching. Okay. Definitely. Um, but thank you, Almy, for uh, oh, giving yeah. us your Scorpio perspective on the Oscars. You're welcome. And that was the Ask a Scorpio segment of our show. Now, real quick, I'll just give a briefing of what's to come this week and Starting this week, we're starting off with a lot of Pluto energy, a lot of Plutonian energy. First of all, we have a full moon, okay? Let's not lose sight of the fact that there Mm. is a full moon on Monday, April 26th. It will be exact at 8.32 p.m. Pacific, and this full moon will be in the sign of Scorpio. Now, with any full moon, they always say look for things in your life to release, even if it's just outdated thoughts, just release them. And with the Scorpio influence, Scorpio is ruled by Pluto, and Pluto is also the the planet that wants us to let go of things. So there's just going to be all kinds of release happening on Monday and Tuesday, or at least thinking about letting go of certain things. Maybe there's a a partnership that's no longer serving you, some sort of friendship where the power dynamic has gotten out of balance. Uh, Could just be a bad habit or bad habits that you want to let go of. But you might want to be thinking about that Monday and Tuesday. And on Tuesday, April 27th, we finally have a planet going retrograde again. We've Mm. had a long period here with no retrograde planets. And now uh, retrograde season is starting up again. And Pluto will be the first planet to go retrograde. Mm. It will happen on Tuesday, April 27th. 
and it'll be retrograde for about five months. Uh, Pluto is, of course, one of the outer planets, and when an outer planet goes retrograde, we don't necessarily feel that as strongly in our day-to-day lives. Like what if when, it's your ruling planet, like me. Yeah, if it's your ruling planet. I mean, Amy, yeah, you're really, you should keep a journal of uh, your experiences <laughs> on Monday and Tuesday because you are a Scorpio. There's a full moon in Scorpio. Yeah. Pluto is Ooh, doing stuff. Right. Pluto rules Scorpio. Yeah. So let's see what happens for Elmi um, right. this uh, Monday and Tuesday. Uh, we'll see what happens here. But with Pluto going retrograde, again, it's an outer planet. You might not feel it super strongly, but I feel that at least the day it goes retrograde could be kind of quirky day, especially, or there might be something thrown at, at you out of the blue. So watch for that on Tuesday. And while Pluto is retrograde, you might want to look back at events from October 4th, 2020, uh, all the way through April of this year. And any events or any, just again, relationships, dynamics in your life, because Pluto is the planet of power, power struggles, uh, if there's you know, if there's some dynamic in your life where the power balance has been out of whack, certain things might need to be corrected. Certain things might just need to be released and let go. Maybe just move on or walk away from a, a certain situation that has been uh, lingering or bothering you over a period of time. That can be a Pluto thing as well. So uh, Monday, Tuesday, very, very Pluto-y, very Scorpio-y. Uh, could be some intense stuff going on out there. Also on Tuesday, April 27th, the moon will oppose Venus and it's going to square Saturn. So with moon opposing Venus, we might not be especially pleasant to one another. We might be a little bit prickly, a little bit terse. Uh, we might not have that usual little bit of friendliness that we bring to interactions. Everyone might feel a little bit cold. And also with the moon squaring Saturn can also bring some coldness to the situation. So, yeah, let's see what happens Monday, Tuesday. Uh, hopefully we don't even notice it, but it looks like some stormy weather potentially. Uh, order is restored on Wednesday, April 28th when the moon goes into Sagittarius. I, of course, say order is restored. I'm kidding. Uh, when I think of Sagittarians, I don't think anyone really thinks of order. <laughs> uh, Sagittarian energy is not necessarily known for being focused, mm-hmm. but we do try to uh, make people smile and we do try to be pleasant. Uh, you know, we, we try. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, humor, at least, or just a, a detached look at things might come back into play Wednesday, Thursday. The moon will go into Capricorn, I believe. Let me see. Wait for it. Yes, the moon does enter Capricorn on Friday, April 30th. Uh, the, mood, the mood will once again become a little serious. Capricorn is all business all the time. When the moon is in Capricorn, there might be duties, obligations, uh, things we need to take care of. Maybe you need to get your taxes filed, finally, something like that. Um, but again, when the moon's in Capricorn, it can be, it can be a good time to get that stuff done. Um, so there is that. Um, but anyway, I think that's it. I did better than I thought I would. I was so exhausted coming into the, into this, uh, podcast. The, uh, the Mars, uh, going into cancer is kicking my butt, but we made it. Mm-hmm. And thank you, Almy, for, oh, yeah. uh, just bringing it as always. Oh. And, uh, we love you. Thanks as always for listening. And I think Almy's going to take us out with a breath. Yeah. All right, everyone. Let's take uh, like three deep breaths to uh, get the rest of our day on track. Get comfortable. You can keep your eyes open. You can keep them closed. Maybe relax your shoulders and all together. Let's take a nice, slow, deep breath in. And a nice, slow, deep breath out. 
This time, let's see if we can get even more relaxed. Take another really slow, deep breath in. And release. And last one, slow, deep breath in. And release. All right, and release any tension that you're holding in your neck, your forehead, shoulders, and uh, maybe give yourself a good stretch. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you have a great week.